From MinTech, the Micro Nanotechnology Education Center, this is Talking Technicians, the podcast about technicians, who they are, what they do, and where they come from. I'm your host, Peter Kazarnov. I teach technicians and engineers at Portland Community College. In each episode, you'll meet a working technician and hear their story. That means real interviews with real technicians about real jobs. At the end of each episode, you'll hear actions you can take if you want to be a technician too. In this episode, you'll meet Ethan. Ethan is an HPM technician at Intel in Hillsborough, Oregon, outside Portland. Ethan, welcome to Talking Technicians. Hey, Peter. Thanks for having me. So, Ethan, you're an HPM technician at Intel in Hillsborough, Oregon, and uh, Hillsborough's outside Portland. Uh, where do you live? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm conveniently located sort of just between the two. So, yeah, technically in Portland, but close to Hillsborough. And how long have you been in Portland for? Uh, just over a year now, uh, although I did live in Portland previously for a couple of years. And uh, so next, let's kind of talk about your work and also about your job title. Uh, so you work at Intel and you work as an HPM technician. Could you describe what an HPM technician does? Yeah, so HPM stands for High Performance Maintenance. And yeah, unlike the METs, the maintenance equipment technicians, I operate in support of the METs. So basically making sure that they have the tools uh, they need to do their preventative maintenance and other work, as well as trying to help standardize the processes overall. And when you say METs, uh, what are the MET technicians and what are they doing? Yeah, so the METs are more of the technicians that really get hands-on with the, the, the tools, but the, the tools is a, sort of the colloquial term in, within the industry to refer to the machines that actually make the chips. And then, uh, so we sort of provide them with the maintenance tools to keep the big tools working. So they, they're the ones more in the fab that actually get hands-on with the, the equipment. So, Ethan, how would you describe uh, like your day-to-day work? When you go into work, uh, what kind of things do you do? Yeah, well, in my position in particular, there can be a lot of variability, which definitely keeps it interesting. But, well, a big part of what we're doing is responding to calls from the METs, uh, especially if they don't have uh, the equipment that they need to do the work that they're trying to get done that day. So we're we're certainly on call quite a bit, but we also do a lot of planning ourselves, trying to stage. Uh, a lot of the equipment is staged throughout the fab in these cages that the METs can access depending on what they need. So we try and make sure that Things are staged where they need to be and try and anticipate the needs. So you're trying to make sure that when those MET technicians are going to do their work, they've got everything that they need in order to get their job done. Is that about right? Exactly. And what did it feel like your first day at work? What did it feel like going into Intel for the first time? Oh, that was, uh, that was big. Yeah. I, I grew up, uh, um, had some friends who helped me build my own computer with one of Intel's first dual core CPUs, uh, just to date myself back in the uh, mid two thousands. And so to, to be, uh, setting foot on the campus and actually, you know, feel like I was becoming a part of the process. That was, that was pretty cool. Uh, definitely, definitely daunting. Um, Intel starts their, uh, the for the new hires, for, especially for technicians, but also for engineers, they have their 
um, new hire academy where they give you a bit of a crash course on on big picture what you're going to be doing. You learn obviously a lot more of the the, the day to day from your actual team. Uh, but I joke it's a little bit like learning a second language. So it was a mix of uh, awe and a little bit of intimidation. So learning that second language is learning that lingo that you have to have when you're at your job as a technician. Absolutely, yeah. I've got a uh, I've got a ever growing list of acronyms that I keep on my uh, work phone to to help me understand. A half half the battle is just knowing what you're talking about. <laughs> so, Ethan, could you provide a ballpark salary for technicians that work in the semiconductor industry, like you? Mm. Yeah, well, it's certainly going to vary quite a bit, uh, depending on what, well, I shouldn't say quite a bit, but there, there's a decent range of, of variation depending on what company you're working for and what level you're starting out on. But uh, it, if going into Intel, you can you can look to be earning 50 to 60,000 a year working as a technician at their Ronler Acres facility. So that's a pretty good uh, starting salary. In addition to uh, the money that you get paid for the, your work, are there other benefits like health care or dental care, retirement, things like that? Oh, yeah. That's the uh, that's the big bonus with Intel is that their benefits are, are awesome. It's pretty hard to beat. Uh, I'm currently only working as a student technician because I'm still in school, but I still have full benefits, which is pretty amazing. Uh, pretty hard to find that for somebody in my position. So you said that you're also currently a student. Are there opportunities for professional growth at Intel if you start as a technician? Can you uh, stay at the company and move on to other roles? Absolutely. Yeah. And something they encourage too. They love to see that internal growth and movement. And they, yeah, they're great because they, what they offer is uh, financial reimbursement for those who are going to school for a relevant subject while also working there. So they highly encourage you to get further education. There's a lot of opportunities for upward mobility within the company. If you've got a, you know, a, a thirst for more knowledge, then it'll pay off. Ethan, in your job as a technician, uh, do you work individually or do you work in a team? Uh, a mix. Uh, I am part of a, a greater team and we're broken up depending on the shifts that we're on. Uh, but, you know, you you do find yourself sort of uh, you're changing hats a lot, especially the team that I'm on. So there's it's not unusual for me to be working on my own, but I do try and play a, a, a part in the greater team as well. So you mentioned that it depends upon which shift uh, you're on. Is your work as a technician uh, shift work or do you work a nine to five schedule five days a week? Yeah, so the technicians are definitely on shift work. So we've got four main shifts. Uh, It's going to be either front half or back half of the week. And it's going to be typically either Sunday to Tuesday or Sunday to Wednesday, and then Wednesday to Saturday or Thursday to Saturday, depending on the week. The Wednesdays gets a switch off each week. And then, yeah, you're either working 7.30 in the morning to 7.30, 8 8 at night, or the opposite, you know, 7.30 at night to about 7.38 in the morning. And Ethan, do you have the possibility of like increasing your hourly uh, wage um, through things like overtime or um, differentials? Definitely. And Oregon in particular is a great spot for that. Every time you get over 10 hours in a day, you're going to start hitting overtime. So even if I only go were to go in for one shift a week, I'd still have two hours of overtime just from working that 12-hour day. Um, and yeah, anytime you get over 40 hours in a week, you also 
get additional overtime. So on those longer weeks where you're working four days a week, you're going to be getting a decent number of hours of overtime there. So not just your hourly base salary, but then you can also think about these little uh, bumps in your hourly wage. Um, that sounds like a great deal working as a technician. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it definitely it adds up faster than you expect. <laughs> So, Ethan, let's switch gears and talk a little bit about how you got to where you are now. What was your work experience uh, before your current role? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> too much to tell here. I, I uh, have to cut a lot out of my resume. But um, I primarily worked in hospitality. Uh, I did even have a stint uh, as a small business owner when I was uh, in Washington uh, working solo as a, a personal trainer. So I had a lot of different um yeah, different experience coming into this, but it was part of what drew me to the industry and wanting to make a career change for the long term was that uh, that opportunity for continual growth uh, over the long run. And I just wasn't seeing that. Uh, previously, I was working as a manager in a restaurant, and that was great. Uh, you know, I worked with great people, but I just realized I was stagnant. I wasn't going to be going anywhere. But coming into Intel, you know, it's just if if you want to grow, there's a lot of opportunities for it. So you felt like you wanted to move into a career that had a whole bunch of growth. How were you able to move into that career as a technician in the semiconductor industry? What was your education background? So my education background was a little unique. I uh, I got a degree in geology, uh, which is very unusual. It was a Bachelor's of Science from U of O. Um, and... But I didn't end up using it. I, uh, the running joke is I spent $30,000 to make hikes more fun. Um, but the the long term for me was that you know that was that was a degree i got just after i graduated from high school uh primarily restaurant work in between getting that degree and now it was yeah i had never put my education to use so for me coming into the industry the the bachelor's degree will help especially a bachelor's of science that will recognize that um, but it's not obviously directly applicable to the work that i'm doing now so i did enroll in the associate's degree at Portland Community College for the microelectronics, which is why I'm a, currently a student technician. So that, you know, there, it's interesting. You don't exactly have to have a specific education to become a technician. Uh, they'll hire all sorts of folks depending on their aptitude. But it, it certainly helps if you if you get a relevant education. And it, it's, it's definitely worth it, too. You'll see a pay, pay bump for getting uh, relevant degrees. So, Ethan, you're currently in a community college uh, technician program at the microelectronics program? Mm -hmm. Yeah, microelectronics program, uh, associate's degree. Uh, Intel actually helped set it up at Portland Community College. And I know that there's been folks who've been visiting from other parts of the country, Ohio and Arizona, where they're building more of the fabs to try and set up similar programs at community colleges there. So great opportunity. It's a very specific education, obviously, although... Portland Community College pairs with the Oregon Institute of Tech, OIT, so that you can actually uh, go from the microelectronics associate to then continue on to pursue an electrical engineering degree, if that's something you choose you want to do, uh, a bachelor's for that. And Ethan, uh, what are you hoping to do in the future? What's going to come up uh, for you? Well, uh, I, I definitely don't have a specific plan. I guess I'm trying to do a bit of the opposite I did with my last 
bachelor's, which is uh, try and make sure it's something that I want to do as I'm going, you know, rather than put all my eggs in one basket. And but so far, it's working out great. Uh, so long term, I'm definitely considering uh, continuing on to try and get a, a bachelor's or master's in electrical engineering. I've, I've really enjoyed the subject matter so far. Uh, obviously, there's a great financial and professional incentive with that as well. And so that's that's something that I'm I'm, I'm definitely considering. I haven't I haven't uh, decided on it yet, but it's great for me to have those opportunities. Ethan, what's the hardest part of community college for you? What's the hardest part of the microelectronics technician training program? Something to be aware of is it's it's wonderful and it's a great opportunity being able to work. So the I only work part time. I work two 12 hour shifts a week and then uh, they, they give you obviously you've got the rest of the week for school. Uh, but you know, there is a decent amount, especially the second year of the associate's degree, there's a decent amount of school matter. So it keeps you pretty busy. That is one thing to be aware of. Um, so, you know, time management is definitely something that you you need to, to stay focused on. You know, it's not the, the hardest thing you've ever done, but at the same time, you know, you've got to stay on top of things. So that would be, you know, definitely a, a challenge of the situation. You know, you are you are taking on a decent amount all at once, but it's, you know, it, it, I'm only six, seven months away from graduation at this point. So, you know, the short-term work is definitely worth the long-term payoff. So Ethan, what's something unexpected about working as a technician that you only learned after you started? Uh, well, for me personally, especially coming from a restaurant background, I was uh, very pleasantly surprised with how much they really emphasize uh, having a balance throughout your workday, you know, not overworking yourself. Uh, Intel has uh, a software that actually is on their work computers that sort of um, encourages you to take regular standardized breaks. And for somebody who likes to get in a workflow, it can be maybe a little bit annoying to have your computer tell you to get up and stop working for, for a little bit. But you, if you embrace it, you realize it is a great way to make sure that you stay more uh, measured and, and and, and don't overwork yourself throughout the day. It's, it's long shifts, you know, 12 hour shifts are long. Um, but it's nice to know that the, the, the company and, and I think the industry as a whole recognizes that shift work is, it is a demanding thing. And they do also encourage regular breaks and, and structuring your work day so that you're not overworking yourself, which is really nice to see. Wasn't that way in hospitality. <laughs> Ethan, how did your life change when you became a technician? What's different now compared to when you were working in hospitality? Well, uh, it's, uh, I think the biggest thing that strikes me is definitely more structured work. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you're on a pretty set schedule that, that three days on four days off, four days on three days off, which is, which is how the, the shift work works out. You know, you can know in months from now what days you're going to be working. And that's great. Actually, it makes it much easier to plan around. Um, so that's, that's been one of the biggest changes for me is having a lot more structure and feeling like I can make, you know, plans in the long run and, and know what I'm going to be doing. Um, so I've, I've really appreciated that. Another big upside to the industry is that they highly encourage you that, you know, they have really good vacation time, you know, time off packages. So, you know, planning a trip, planning to be away for a bit, that's, that's not a big deal. You know, as long as there's not a big work conflict, which rarely there is, you can plan pretty far ahead. And again, it's that one of those big benefits of that structure. 
So, Ethan, what advice would you give current students or people who want to transition their careers and work in the semiconductor industry like you? Yeah, big picture is it's a tremendous professional opportunity. Obviously, everybody's going to be coming from you know their own individual background. So whether or not it's the right transition for for someone is is obviously going to be a personal choice. But you know when you know sadly, big picture, we know the cost of living that stuff like that it's it's rising quite a bit. You know, there's and it it can be it can be difficult to find yourself in a career that feels like it's sustainable if not, you know, growing long-term. And so in the semiconductor industry, there's uh, great earnings opportunity and there's great room for growth. Um, and again, like I was just talking about, it provides you that structure where you feel like you can actually have a work-life balance. So I would say that, you know, if, if somebody's looking for a new career and, you know, again, the, the, the technicians at least are working those 12 hour days. If you're okay with working those longer days, um, and it does tend to be slightly more technical material. You've got to be able to read schematics and, and different procedures and understand them. But if that type of work seems interesting, you get to work with great people uh, and, and, and you know, it's, it can be a great long-term career. So, Ethan, do you have a final call to action for students or people who want to transition their careers and work as a technician like you? I would say that, you know, if you're really looking to invest in yourself, you know, if you want to put yourself on a path with the potential for growth, um, this is a great opportunity. And, you know, uh, the the subject matter may not be for everybody, especially if you're going to go to school for it. It is, you know, a bit more math and science heavy. It's not the heaviest workload. You're not getting a PhD in mathematics here. You know, you don't have to understand the, the theoretical stuff. But if that's something that you're comfortable with and you're willing to put some work in, this can be a great opportunity for long-term growth and structure. And, and for me, it's been you know, definitely the right choice. Well, Ethan, thank you so much for talking with me about your journey and your story becoming a technician. Oh, definitely. Thank you for having me, Peter. And please keep in touch. Will do. Talking Technicians is produced by Mintech, the Micro Nano Technology Education Center, through financial support from the National Science Foundation's Advanced Technological Education Grant Program. Opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of the National Science Foundation. Join the conversation. If you are a working technician or know someone who is, reach out to us at info at talkingtechnicians.org. We're always looking out for great guests to share more stories with you.